You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. From across the stars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and the Ragtag Crew are here to bring you stories of adventure and excitement from a galaxy far, far away. Get ready for tales of merciless bounty hunters, courageous heroes, and sinister villains from the core worlds to the outer rim and beyond. Hello there and welcome back to Faster More Intense, a Star Wars podcast. Uh, we are back after a pretty sizable uh, a little hiatus there um, with, uh, w- with some Star Wars conversation. I am, as always, your host, Michael Cohen. And on this episode, we've got a special guest, a Will Beeman from Cantina Conversations. How's it going, Will? Uh, it's going great. How are you today? I am awesome. I I ready to talk about some Star Wars. We don't really have a ton planned. We had sort of uh, this this is a conversation that um, this is one of the reasons why it's been a little bit is that there were some scheduling issues. Not just you will. Uh, it was like I had like three weeks in a row where where stuff just didn't go right <laughs> where <laughs> where other people couldn't or or weren't feeling well and then and then there was a week where I had to cancel like. It was just one thing after another, but um, but we're back. It was actually kind of nice to have a little bit of a break, but we're in the lead up to the Mandalorian. We got that sneak peek uh, on Mon- at, during Monday Night Football, and we were like, when I messaged you, I'm like, hey man, you want to come on this week and we'll talk about that that Mando sneak peek? Uh, and you were like, yeah, sure. And I was like, this will be good. We'll have a little bit of meat to to talk about, and then they release it, and look. I'm not one of the people who was like, this is going to be incredible. They're going to show us Boba Fett and they're going to show us Ahsoka and they're going to show Ezra and they're going to show Thrawn and they're going to show Kylo Ren. And it's going to like, cause there were people online who were like, man, this is going to be the greatest trailer of all time. And it's like, no, it's a TV spot during Monday night football. It's going to be 30 seconds tops. Um, but I was hoping that we'd get something, with a little not it's not that it doesn't have substance but it i uh, it was really just almost like extensions of of half of the scenes from the trailer that we got a few weeks ago so it was kind of like okay there's something there there's a little bit there but it's not a full episode this does not make uh so so <laughs> we're just kind we're going to kind of just like free flow it Will you and I? We've never really talked before, other than some some light social media interaction right. uh, uh, on the uh, mostly on the kind of funny Facebook page or group Facebook group because um, we're both fans of kind of funny and and the the handsome young men over there at kind of funny. <laughs> I but uh, yeah, so so really, I think we're just gonna get to know each other. This is okay. It's kind of like this is kind of like uh, uh, internet Star Wars friend dating. 
that, uh, that's right. Is there like speed rounds and everything too? Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. By by the end of this episode, I, I I'll ask you the question of whether or not you want to have another Star Wars conversation with me. And we can take it from there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Cool. Um. But you are a Star Wars podcaster. You have your own Star Wars podcast. Yes, yes, I am. I, I tell people a little bit about your Star Wars podcast before we get into. Okay, well, uh, well, my show's called the Cantina Conversations, and it's one that I started with my two Canadian friends, uh, DJ and Jackson, and I approached them. Oh, I think it was right after Star Wars Celebration for the Last Jedi, and. I said, hey, I'm really looking into getting into Star Wars, just a Star Wars specific podcast because I used to be a co-host of a podcast called The Game Chair for a while. And that covered like video games, movies, TVs and everything. But then um, the people I did that with um, got jobs, those losers. <laughs> so they, they weren't able to record with me anymore. So I was left without a podcast for a while. And... I knew if I ever returned to the podcasting game, I wanted to just do a Star Wars-focused show. So I, I started it with them, and um, we went through like all the films and um, some Star Wars episodes and stuff, and then I got a different job. <laughs> so it was like how my previous podcast ended because my other host got jobs. I ended up getting a job that, had, that still has some pretty crazy hours, but... It, I went from uh, my job, which had very flexible scheduling, to where I unfortunately lost my job. So I had all the time in the world while we were recording to a job with like this crazy schedule. So we had to go on hiatus for a while. Um, we did two live streams over like the lockdown period because no one was leaving their house. So like yeah. there was no nothing else to do. So we got the band back together for two live streams, and then we went back on hiatus again. But we're, we're kind of at that life spot now where we figured out the life-work balance again, and it just happened to be lining up with Mandalorian. We were thinking about coming back about a month ago, but we were like, let's just wait until Mandalorian Season 2. It'd be a, a much better time to come back. Yeah. Um, because our show about the Mandalorian was called is called Mando Mondays. That's our series that we did about the Mandalorian hmm. in review. And then this year... Disney and Lucasfilm are doing their own thing called Mando Monday where they're doing merch and stuff. So we've been jokingly saying our show is doing the cease and desist from Disney 2020 challenge. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're, we're, we're very excited to be back. I'm very excited to be back. I, cause I did miss it a lot cause we have a lot of fun with it, but I'm, I'm pretty excited to hit the podcasting waves again. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, Star Wars is a funny thing, and and I think that people who listen to this and have listened to Rebel Cells, uh, my other Star Wars podcast, will know that that um, I like to cover the shows, right? Like that's mm -hmm. that's uh, that's the sort of podcast that when I started listening to podcasts, that's what I listened to, um, and uh, and so when when it came time for them to do uh clone wars when when that was about to to hit i was like oh perfect i'm going to do i'm going to do the the clone wars recap podcast mm -hmm. like a dedicated one this is way back in 2008 back before anyone was even listening to podcasts right. um so there were only like 12 of us making them on the internet and uh, and it was really nice because there was like there was the force cast 
Uh, and there were like a handful of other Star Wars podcasts, but I was the 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 first one to do that like dedicated we're yeah. just going to talk about like a recap of of each episode of the Clone Wars. Um and then my my co-host Matt uh he joined me in in season 2. Um and we've kind of just covered the animated stuff since then. And then last year with Mando uh, we we spun this show out faster, more intense, specifically to to cover the live action content, because mm-hmm. um, Rebel Cells is dedicated to the to the animated content. Um, so so yeah, like it, that it, with that it kind of like ebbs and flows because otherwise you're uh, you're having to to figure out like week to week, kind of like the conversation that we had at the beginning of this. Like, what are we gonna talk about? Right. <laughs> like. Um, and sometimes it's easy. Sometimes you can just like sort of spin up a topic, like a top five. Who are your top five favorite droids or something like that, yeah. which which you can yeah. have some fun conversations from. But it's a little bit like that's definitely more work than I mm-hmm. uh, than when the shows are on uh, or there's a movie coming out and we can just go like, let's just talk about it. Like, let's right. just go because we can talk about this trailer. We can talk about these these set shots or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was I, like the oh go ahead I'm sorry no 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 it's all good I'm I, I'm just excited for for Mando to come back yeah uh, I am too so, so that we can cover that yeah and it's like the unfortunate thing about like when my show went on hiatus was like we were just starting to hit our stride of conversational topics because mm. like I even though I make no money off of Star Wars I dedicate way too much of my life on it so yeah. like I had no. I was nowhere near running out a shortage of conversation topics I wanted to have with, with the boys, as I call them. But it, it just, like, we got so busy, we didn't even get to cover the final season of Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. So, like, we left all that content untouched, too, just because there, there was nothing I could do. And But, so, I mean, we might go back in, in kind you, of hindsight and to it is, yeah, it's absolutely... lead up to Bad Batch, maybe, but... Um, it's um it's evergreen man i i you want to do recaps of those things we get downloads for season one of clone wars for because uh, the show that we started with it was originally called Frontlines, the clone wars podcast people mm-hmm. still download uh yeah. the entire catalog of episodes as because because there's constantly new people jumping right. onto the shows right right well because so, there's always kids turning eight and yeah, exactly. watching clone wars for the first exactly. time and um, so they're gonna want to learn about it yeah, that's so, the good thing about Star Wars. Is it's so yeah, generational. It's a hundred percent evergreen. Like every yeah. five years, there's a new age group that's getting through all of this stuff and is ready yeah. to start learning a little more about it. It's like a never-ending cycle of audience for you. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's so you can always go back. We went back a couple of years ago now and did um, for our for our ten year anniversary. I in in I. I, I 2018 and uh and we redid season one of clone wars because because matt wasn't on season one with me so i mm-hmm. uh, and and the audio quality for season one was awful so we went back and we just called it clone Wars special edition and uh, <laughs> and nice. and we we didn't go episode by episode in the same way that we normally would when they're coming mm-hmm. out week to week we went we went arc by arc but okay. but we still did like we still did recaps we still mm-hmm. we still would would um would go through the whole the whole sort of thing but um which was easier in season one than in other ones because uh the the i i think it's there's there are two three-parters in season one as opposed to the four-parters that you get into in later seasons but um 
But yeah, it, so it, it's you can always go back. You can always, always check that stuff out um, mm-hmm. and uh, and and cover it again because because people. I mean, like if if people like hearing you talk about Star Wars, it's I like I find that it's just about it's about finding people who think like sort of feel the same way about Star Wars that you do, but then have maybe different different opinions on it right right like like as long as that core is the same of like why is star wars important to you mm-hmm. um i think i think it's it it, it leads to great conversations right um, and that's that's something that's probably my main goal with any content that i make is just to try to have a welcoming and positive experience with star wars because it's so easy to get sucked into the negativity online oh. and and I can't even say it's just something that happens with the new movies either, because it was there with the prequels, whether oh, people sure. think it was or not. It's just back then, all of that stuff was concentrated into forum websites, because that's how that stuff happened. Yeah. Like Twitter and Facebook are pretty much a more socialized version of forum sites. So that's why it's yeah. just so bad now, is everyone's got access to it. Before, it would just be the people like you and I that would be dressed up as a character for the movies on these forums. Well, yeah. now everyone's got that exposure. Yeah. So <laughs> I, it's yeah, I, I, I liken it to the, with the forum stuff. And like, I remember like the Jedi council forums and stuff like that back mm-hmm. in the day on, on mm-hmm. fan force and, 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 and the uh, force.net and stuff like that. Um, I, it, those are, those are closed rooms, right? Like yeah. where, where it's like, you come into a room and it's like, Oh, in this room, everybody's talking about, Clone Wars in this room everybody's talking about Dark Forces video games mm-hmm. in this one they're all talking about Knights of the Old Republic right like like you kind of go you could you could find your 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 people to hang out with and and the topics that you wanted to dig into right. um nowadays with social media yeah especially Twitter it's mm-hmm. instead of it being like you're walking into a room full of people who are there to talk about that topic instead Twitter, I liken it to standing on the side of the street and just yelling out your opinions and hoping <laughs> that somebody walking by is like, yeah, man, totally. Yeah. But, yeah, but I mean, good... like, try it sometime. Try and just go stand on a, on a street corner and yell your opinion. Most people are just going to tell you to shut up. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's obviously the, 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 the communities that form within that. But, but in general, it is very much like it's this weird um non-futile version of just screaming into the void um mm-hmm. and so as an artist like I, i've been doing uh inktober all all month long all october um which is a daily drawing challenge and i decided this year that i was going to do 31 days of star wars uh and and uh, uh it's really funny to to be putting this stuff out every day and see what hits with people and what doesn't and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and just sort of like throwing that stuff out there. But it is very much um, like it's putting a piece of yourself out for criticism. And (laughs) it's like Instagram, like, like Instagram has been great. I've gotten lots of really great positive feedback. Twitter has been a little bit less, um, a little bit less uh, I, exciting. I, I, it's just I don't think that it's really the, the place for that kind of content. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Facebook is obviously just all of my friends and family telling me what a great job I'm doing, which right. I don't trust. Right. Right. I, I, it's like, yeah, I know you guys like me. You're my friends and family. <laughs> um, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the acceptance of complete strangers right now. Exactly. Um, 
but it's funny because I went into a, a, a Discord that I'm a part of and, and posted. Uh, I did a I did a drawing of Palpatine because it's like it, w- the way that Inktober works is with the regular Inktober there are prompts and they're very general like run or mm-hmm. hide or something like that and it's just to kind of get your juices flowing. I put together a list of 31 Star Wars prompts, mostly characters, a, a couple of other sort of more general ones. But a few days ago, like about a week ago, it was Palpatine was what mm-hmm. I had put on my list. And I did it sort of like not really knowing like, well, when I get there, I'll figure out what I'm going to do. And I decided that I was going to draw like a, like a sexy uh, young Palpatine in the vein of like a, of like a Kylo Ren sort of swallow, swallow Ren sort of thing. Um, really drawing heavily on, on Dark Empire um, because I do like of the comics. I really, really enjoy Dark Empire. Mm-hmm. which is weird you'd think i'd like rise of skywalker more considering it's basically just copy pasted but yeah pretty much um but uh, uh yeah i so i i i was going based off of what i envision that story to be and sort mm-hmm. of like pulling from that but giving him the proper lightsabers that he actually has and all that sort of thing and i and i colored his hair blonde because the the Dark Empire comics are very stylized. Like everything's mm-hmm. kind of in these green, blue, purples, um, and and some yellows. And I just always, when I was reading that, I always just pictured Palpatine's hair as blonde. But apparently, in canon, Palpatine is a ginger. He's he's got red hair, <laughs> and I didn't know this. And I posted this picture on this on this Discord in this Discord chat. Um, which I'm totally new to Discord. I don't know like anything about how it really works and, and like how those communities sort of function, what the nugget is there. So I post this, and immediately somebody's like, Palpatine's hair is, is red. He's a ginger. And I'm like, okay. I was more looking for like a, hey, nice drawing. Not really <laughs> like a... But it's like uh, a couple of years ago I did... I, I, sort of like my little uh, almost like a fanfic drawing of Ezra and Thrawn and a character that I made up two characters actually because one was a droid um, of what I kind of like envision their continuing story looking like right like like mm-hmm. off in the unknown regions wherever they are and uh, and I gave Thrawn a beard and mm-hmm. and I was like yeah Thrawn looks awesome with a beard he looks he looks like real everyone dashing, looks better with a beard right? I, totally. I can't grow one but I would look a lot better if I had one but I was thinking in like that Pierce Brosnan Grand Admiral Thrawn sort of yeah. look and I was okay. thinking just like that sharp pointed beard sort of thing uh, giving him like a nice Will Riker and mm-hmm. uh, and and immediately like people came out of nowhere and were like uh, don't you know that Chiss can't grow facial hair and I was like no, I didn't know that. That's um, <laughs> that's a really dumb piece of Star Wars trivia that you've just given me. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, Chiss can grow facial hair. It's just the one Chiss that we actually know about that's actually part of canon doesn't have a beard. Um, but I, I, it drives me nuts because because that's how, that's how the Star Wars community can be. So yeah, sometimes is, you get the the real big canon nerds. Yeah, which is why I need I I need to catch up though and read the Thrawn Ascendancy that new book because that I guess explores yeah. the world of the Chiss pretty in depth and yeah it's kind of the first thing to really really uh, a, a lot it. of the hyperbole is saying it's like Game of Thrones level deep I know it's not that deep but I hear it's pretty exploratory for what we've gotten so yeah, I am yeah. pretty stoked to read that at some point I you know I I just can't do Zon I just can't do it 
I no? just can't do it. I, his he, writing he's a little is so, fantastical with his writing. He just, he just, you know, like I, I hated Thrawn for a long time. I like, I just thought that the character was awful. Although one of my favorite star Wars characters comes from, from his books, from the, the Thrawn trilogy. Um, Gilad Pelion is, is one of my favorite characters, but, mm-hmm. but, uh, Admiral Pelion didn't become one of my favorite characters until new Jedi order. When he was like, when he took the Imperial remnant, it was like, everybody stop the, the Yuuzhan Vong are a bigger threat. We need to, we need to ally with the new Republic and stop fighting them. And he was like the voice of reason. I was like, yeah, go for it. Gilad. Like, and he became, a, <laughs> he, he became a hero. Um, he was like the first Imperial that I was like, oh, I get it. Like some of these guys are actually like, they see themselves as the good guys. They're mm-hmm. not all, they're not right. all Tarkin right. and Vader and Palpatine, <laughs> right? Like some of them are actually just Some like, of them have a moral compass after all. Yeah. They're just career military <laughs> men. And like, you know, yeah. like that, that comes with its own sort of moral quandary, but <laughs> it's called star Wars. So, you know, I, uh, uh, let's just go with it. But yeah, right. I, but but the way that that Thrawn was written, I I can remember reading. What's the first one? Is it heir to the Empire? I think it's heir to the Empire. Yeah. The Are you one. talking about old Thrawn or new Thrawn? Old Thrawn. Old yeah, Thrawn. old Thrawn's heir. Yeah, and I reading through it, and and um, every time Thrawn like does something quote unquote strategic, mm-hmm. it's just, they're just like. Oh yeah, remember that time when he was playing chess with with Gilad and and it's like and he was like ten steps ahead of him. Yeah, he's ten steps ahead of Luke Skywalker. And you're like, how? He's never met Luke Skywalker. How does right. he know what Luke Skywalker is gonna do? How does he know what Han Solo is gonna do? How do like Han Solo doesn't know what Han Solo is gonna do? Right. That's kind of the point. Um, and so like, I think I made it about halfway through air and was like, nah, I'm done. I can't, cause I just hate that, that deus ex machina bad guy of like, mm-hmm. like he just, like that has, he has all of the knowledge that the author has. Right. right. And it, cause it almost, uh, it's almost a fanfic sort of thing of like a self insert, Right. Um, element of like, like if i was the bad guy yeah. this is who he would be <laughs> yeah and, and and the thing that that's crazy about it is that like like it's not a bad idea for a villain to be able to be 10 steps ahead of everybody at all times it's what right. makes palpatine such a great villain but mm-hmm. palpatine has the benefit of of an in-universe explanation for how he can be mm-hmm. and it's also it's also the fulcrum pun intended i guess that on which his story turns in return of the jedi where it's like he thinks he's always been 10 steps ahead but the one thing that he couldn't account for was the one thing he's never understood which is love right like it was was vader uh vader's love for his son anakin's love for his son so it's like you establish that that palpatine has this foresight because the point is that you're going to pull that rug out from under him and it's like, as much as he thinks, you know, he, he can see into the future, we go back to what Yoda says in Empire, it's always in motion, is the future, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like, you're playing with the themes with that. With with Thrawn, I always found that people love him because he's a bad guy who, who is always, uh, you know, a few steps ahead. And I never, like I said, I never finished those books. So I'm sure that he gets his comeuppance in the end and, and all that sort of thing. But it wasn't until Rebels that... Um, that a that a that a room full of very skilled writers put a little bit more thought 
into Grand Admiral <laughs> Thrawn. Yeah. And and we're like sitting in his in his office uh, and seeing the art on the walls and stuff. And he's actually studying the characters. Right. And because it's he's coming in in season three. It's like we actually know these characters really well, and we're discovering things about them as he does Mm -hmm. and so it's like you're like it's it's serving a purpose within the story it's not just him being able to go i know where you're going to be before you're going to be there and that's why i'm going to put these interditer cruisers there right it's like (laughs) like he 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 actually like you you see it you see the thought process right and so it's at that point that i'm like okay that's cool. Like that, that is, so he became, he became a favorite character, not a favorite character, but a character that I appreciate throughout the course of star Wars rebels. Yeah. Um, and, but then, yeah, I did, I tried to read one of the, or not read, I listened to the audiobooks, but, um, to do one of, one of the, 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 what was it? I think it was allegiance. The one that's, um, that he's teamed up with Anakin it, it it takes place during the Clone Wars and uh, yeah. and in, I think in between a New Hope and Empire or some or or maybe it's, it's right before it's like right before Rebels. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The yeah. third book like leads up. Yeah, to I guess it can't can. <laughs> his final episodes of Rebels. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah, and I I and so you've got the story of like he's working with Anakin in the past and then he's mm-hmm. working with Vader in the future and you get like the. You slowly get the idea that like, oh, Thrawn's figured it out. Thrawn is right. one of the only people who knows that Anakin is Vader, and he, right. he kind of like never really tips his hand. Um, I don't know, maybe he does at the end. I never finished that one either. Um, but it, it, case in point, it was like it was very like. I kind of I get it. Can we like, can we like get to the story? Can we stop? <laughs> can we stop talking about like these these uh, uh, people in this factory and and get to like what's actually happening in this plot because yeah there's that's just like so much that's like, like a big problem with like fantasy and science fiction writers is sometimes they can just get so wordy yeah it's like you almost have to be in a certain mindset just to want to read about it <laughs> yeah like they get so into their own idea or, or yeah. world building that you're like you're, that's what i think that's why and i get it though that's like their that's their world that's their bread and butter so totally. I get why they're setting and, it up so and much. And so but. many people, that's what they come to something like Star Wars for. Right. Um, but, like, my favorite Star Wars novels are the Brian Daly Han Solo Adventures, which is some of the earliest mm-hmm. Star Wars stuff there is. Yeah. Um, and I still feel like it's never been, really been done that well. Um, because those stories, it's like, yeah, there's world building in it that's incidental, that's part of the plot. But the stories are really about the characters and it's really Mm -hmm. about like the, like the forward momentum of the action, which to me, like that's what star Wars is, right? Like we're always constantly moving. Right. Um, I'm still trying to find a a, a new book that writes Han as well as that trilogy did. Yeah. Like the closest I think I've gotten so far was I read most wanted, uh, that came out that Ray Carson wrote, it yeah. came out to tie into the solo movie yeah. and I read it before seeing the movie. And that book is fantastic. I think it's probably my, the one I recommend all the time about new canon. Cause it's so underappreciated. Cause yeah. like, um, it just, it, she nailed Han in that book. Last shot is also, I think really, really good. Although mm-hmm. like you're jumping around between all the time periods. So yeah. it's got kind of a different vibe yeah. and you're, and you spend a lot of time with Lando. Cause I really find like, 
Like, there's some good Han stuff in there, but I find that that story is really about Lando. It's a Lando story, yeah. Um, but but yeah, I like I found that Han was written really well in that as as well. But mm. I haven't I haven't read Most Wanted, so I'll have to check that out. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's very good. Like those Brian Daly, like that's why I love Solo so much because Solo is just one of those books. Mm-hmm. It's but the great thing it's, about it, it is got it's, all those Easter eggs from it too. It, yeah, to, it's not. It isn't one of those books. But it, if you if you told me, oh, this is adapted from one that never got published, I'd be mm-hmm. like, yep, nope, yep, that makes sense. That totally right. that totally jives. Um, it it has the same sort of like pace and humor and and it's got the same Han. I and think I think in the uh, in the Star Wars celebration in Chicago in yeah. 2019, I think I met your doppelganger in line to get Sam Witwer's autograph because there was a guy that was next to me in line when we were waiting and he was talking about how Solo was his all time favorite Star Wars film yeah. because it was like an adaptation of those books and he was just going into s- such great detail on it and yeah. i was just thinking i was like i read those when i was a child i still have them yeah. but i haven't reread them since and i was like how do you remember those so specifically it's like that's impressive man <laughs> um they're also adapted into comics so like that's a that's a because uh, they were um newspaper strip comics mm. i think um so so I, I don't know if all three of them got got adapted eventually but i know that stars End definitely did um and uh, but yeah, like those. I just I love the 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 adventure vibe of it, right? And mm-hmm. I find like that's why I think I gravitate to to Rebels so much as well, because Rebels has a lot of that same DNA, um, yeah. that 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 very like pulp adventure week to week serial feel to it. That that's that's when I think Star Wars is its strongest to me. Yeah. Like I always say, I like my Star Wars to be fun. Yeah. Which is which is like which is why like out of like the one the movies I like more than the others, it it almost just boils down to the ones that I'm like having the most fun with while I watch them. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah, and and it's a, I think that's one of the biggest things that the sequel trilogy and I think especially Rogue One just completely blow past in a lot of ways. Like there there is some fun stuff in The Force Awakens and um and Last Jedi. And the first third of Rise of Skywalker is very fun. And that's the part of Rise of Skywalker that I really like. Like everything up until the, until the, um, up until she blows up the, the Chewbacca ship, right? Like until we think that she's killed Chewie. Like everything up until that point, it's like, oh, we're on a fun adventure with these characters. Finally, at last, all three Mm -hmm. of them together. Chewie's there, BBA. It would have been nice if R2 was there, but with 3PO and everything. And there's some, there's, Man, some of three PO's best moments in the entire saga are are on Pasana, like right. like the moment where he, like they all turn to look at him because he said something incredulous and something like ridiculous. It's like, oh yes, very, quite quite lucky indeed, or whatever. Yeah. And uh, and and they all turn to look at him, and there's like a beat, and then he turns and looks behind him, like, what are we looking at? <laughs> it's so. And then when they when they get uh, sucked into the sinking sands, and and Poe is like, Finn, Ray, Finn, Ray, and he's like, he's like, oh, I. I'm you didn't say my name but I'm also okay. You're like man 3PO you're so good. I I but yeah like and that but then that movie gets so bogged down in in the 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 Ray Palpatine 
yeah, aspect it, of it. It really it just... tries to do a lot in something yeah. that was a closing, which kind of stinks I mean, it... those because like I love the Sith world building they were doing there yeah. at the end. But I don't know when we're going to ever get that expanded on. I, I don't know if it'll have to be a book. I don't care if it's a book, TV show, whatever. Yeah. I just want to know more about that. Because they threw the, all that in at the end. And it's like, this is like, this is some good stuff. I want more of that. It's the sort of stuff that you're like, wow, if you guys knew you were going to do this in the third movie, maybe you could have planted some of this in the last two. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, like I, I, I feel very heavily that Rise of Skywalker is trying to compensate for a lot of the last jedi um even though it's not necessary right Right. like it's it's unnecessarily going back and retconning and rewriting stuff and as as much as as uh jj abrams and chris terrio and others are like no 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 that's no we didn't do that at all it's like yeah you did Yeah, yeah you did the moment with luke and the lightsaber is absolutely catering it's catering it's pandering to the fanboys who were like luke skywalker would never throw away a lightsaber it's like uh i'm sorry that thing's the youngling killer 3000 it's (laughs) it's it's got some bad vibes attached to it i would love a story about luke where like where he's i don't know maybe we'll get this in the comics or something uh because because right now he's he's in that stage where like he's lost that lightsaber and he's found another one i'm not Mm -hmm. i'm not current on those because I, I read on the Marvel Unlimited app, so I'm always six months behind. Right. But um, but I know he's got, like, the the uh, High Republic era lightsaber, the gold one right now. And, and, and obviously, eventually, he'll build his green one. I would love a story, like, maybe a Return of the Jedi certain point of view where, where oh, you could, we'll like... Oh, we'll get that. Yeah, where you could, like, talk about him building his lightsaber and him going, like, it's, it feels so different in my hand. To yeah. the, like, like, like is sort of in his voices. Like my father's lightsaber was always so heavy. Like it carried mm-hmm. the burdens of, well, like, sort of like, like implying that the things that were done with that lightsaber were carried with it. Right. And like when Ray picks it up at the beginning of the force awakens, yeah, she's tapping into Luke's story, but somewhere underneath that, there's also everything that, Anakin did with that lightsaber mm-hmm. and obviously some very bad stuff happened. Right. Um, so, so yeah, it's like, like, uh, uh, Luke putting his hands back on that lightsaber again after decades of it being gone from his life and from him turning his back on the Jedi entirely. It's like, like to touch that lightsaber again would be inviting back in all of those feelings. So it's right. like, of course he would toss it behind him and be like, I want nothing to do with this. I want nothing to do with the Jedi. I want nothing to do with the galaxy. Yeah. Like, which is, on. I think is always funny though. Is like, I, I didn't don't like the last Jedi as much as like most people, but yeah. I love Luke's story. Yeah. Like, but that's just because Luke is the OG. You can't that's, beat him. And that's like, to me, that's the crux of, of people who like the last Jedi and people who don't, the people who don't have a, have a preconceived notion of who Luke Skywalker is that doesn't mesh with that story. Right. Um, They wanted the action figure moment Yeah, where he's running around killing everyone with his lightsaber, saving the day. But like we, we got like a complex moral, moral story. Yeah about his journey instead well so i mean, I mean he, he still fought the battle yeah just on a, a different playing field he fought it mentally not physically well and and exactly in the same way that obi-wan does and can you imagine if 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 the prequels had come out first 
And you had all of these stories of Obi-Wan Kenobi going out and being the Jedi that I think everybody wants to see Luke Skywalker be, uh-huh. right? Anakin and Obi-Wan have those adventures in the Clone Wars 100%. And then you come into A New Hope. Like, let's say there's a 20-year <laughs> gap in there. And then you tell the story in A New Hope. And he's like, I don't like to fight. Right. I don't want to do that anymore. And all you get to see him do in that movie is is slice a guy's arm off and then die at the hands of Darth Vader, <laughs> right? In a very weak lightsaber. I I love that yeah. lightsaber battle, but but like like in a very like slow I mean, pace. It's, like, it is fair to call it weak. Like yeah, yeah. It, it's very easy to understand the style of that kind of fighting. It was very yeah. samurai film based and stuff, but like. Yeah. That happened over 40 years ago now. Yeah. Like, we've had so many different iterations well, now the, of how to make that speed up a little bit. The lightsabers <laughs> had extension cords on them at the time. Like, <laughs> it was a whole different thing. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, like just, just the, it's so funny how people can go, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi's story is so great and the way that, you know, he becomes uh, the, the mentor and then, and then sacrifices himself. And it's like, that's exactly the same story that they put Luke on. Right. It was just like, like his tragedy was just a different tragedy. His failure was a different failure. Right. Mm-hmm. It, but, but the broad strokes are all exactly the same. So it's, I, uh, it's funny. Cause you'll hear people say that the force awakens is a carbon copy, but you'll never hear people say, you'll only hear people talk about how subversive the last Jedi is. And it's like subversive. Like, no, it, it's, it, it follows all of the rules of star Wars, like a hundred percent. Um, it expands and brings in force Skyping and stuff like that. But, but, but like, that's uh, a cool new addition though. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's still bringing something fresh. Yeah. And like it, I still, I still think that the last Jedi is the most akin, like the, it, that's more of an evolution of the tone that the prequel films had than, yeah. than the force awakens was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've said that a lot as well, that, that The Last Jedi, to me, The Last Jedi accounts for everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's the first Star Wars movie to really, like, like bring the whole thing together. Like, when we get to Canto Bite, it's like, Canto Bite is just straight lifted out of the prequels. And, it's, and it shows you that Ryan Johnson had an appreciation for those movies as well. Right. That I don't think that J.J. Abrams... And I don't think that that Colin Trevorrow would have had. I don't think that Gareth Edwards had that. Um, I I I don't think that that even with the with Solo, there's not as much of that. Although like there is, there are references, but it's mm-hmm. not like there there isn't as much tonal stuff as there mm-hmm. is in in um, in the Last Jedi, where it's like Ryan Johnson very clearly watched all six movies closely not just the not just the three that he grew up with right Right. and then in my opinion colin trevorrow just went like yeah i've seen star wars i can write a star war (laughs) and he just (laughs) and he just wrote he just started writing a movie yeah well well, now he's trying to have his swan son with jurassic world three so i mean have at it yeah (laughs) um but yeah i i yeah the the sequels like i think the biggest thing is that they're just discordant right it's you, right. you have you have three movies with three very different tones um and and unfortunately the the characters have to be along for that ride um yeah. and so it's it, really hard to 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 vibe with any one character for too long because you're like wait now they're behaving in a different way <laughs> like it's, i i would have loved to once they figure out time travel or parallel universe travel. I want to go to the universe where the last Jedi was not divisive. 
Yeah. I want to see what the third movie plan is in the mo- in the world where that was as universally loved as the critics and Lucasfilm thought it was going to be. Yeah. Because they were so confident with that. Before that movie even released, they gave Ryan Johnson a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Like when, when that was announced, I was like, they're, they have so much faith in The Last Jedi and that it's going to, and they had that, the director in the Jedi documentary, that's yeah. a special feature. That is a very brutal and honest and raw documentary yeah. that they would not have released had they known what the backlash would have been. And because Mark Hamill several times throughout that documentary is just like, I don't like this choice, but yeah. he's the director and I'm going to do it. Yeah. So but, like, but, but the great thing about that, that documentary and, and uh, it's like, it's probably other than like the, the original trilogy documentaries that I've watched time and time again, Director and the Jedi is one of the ones that I love to go back to because it is that evolution of Mark coming in, being excited, being a little bit crestfallen, and then you get to that point where Yoda shows up, and it all and and, and somehow you see the emotion hit. <laughs> being back on that set with uh, Frank Oz and with that Yoda puppet, everything clicks into place for him. And to me, it's like for the movie, that's, it's the same thing. It's like, to me, when you get to that moment with Yoda, all of a sudden Luke's journey clicks, it clicks for the character. It clicks for the audience. It's just like, like goosebumps even thinking about that. We're so upset. (laughs) We're so upset seeing Luke do these things. He's almost an antagonist in a way. He certainly is to Ray. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Which is one of the reasons why it's so weird what the way that they talk to each other in rise of skywalker where it's like you guys were never really chummy like right. this, this is this, this this friendly jovial conversation is now weird um but but it's like like you get to see that evolution of mark hamill coming to terms with the story and then finally clicking and understanding oh oh that's what we're doing mm-hmm. because he's in in for 40 years or almost 40 years had this idea of what it would be like to return to that role because he had the conversations with George of what that would be. Mm -hmm. And then it ended up being something different. And so just like the fans, he had to adjust to that. But I think, I think the biggest thing is that um, Lucasfilm could not have predicted that Russia would decide to use social media as a way to cause division in the United States in North America, really. Um, and that one of the things that they would target in order to do that would be Star Wars, because right. there's there's an actual published paper that yeah, goes I use into the, the I use that in a in a paper I wrote I wrote like a 15 page paper about all of that fallout yeah so like that was such a fascinating study to read and it's 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 incredible that that like that there are because there are still so many people no different thing than politics right now that mm-hmm. are still going about their lives thinking that the conversation from the last really eight years hasn't been conducted really like composed right. by by like essentially the kgb right like yep. like that's just <laughs> like that's like pulling strings getting getting americans to hate each other over stupid stuff like not that Star Wars is stupid, but trivial things like a space right. movie about a, you know, about wizards and yeah. and dogs that fly spaceships, right? right? Like, like it, I, I think time time will be kind to yeah. the Last Jedi and the Force Awakens. I I really don't know yet what time will say with the Rise of Skywalker, because that's such a cocktail of so many different item, uh, so many different ideas. I think yeah. out of all the new movies. Yeah, I know you're already a big fan, and I am too. But I think Solo will be the one 
that's going to end up becoming the it'll, it'll age overall the favorite. Yeah, yeah that ages it, the best. Solo will be the movie that everybody talks about in 20 years and go like, why didn't they make more of that stuff? Right. Like what happened? And like, and, and old timers like us will be like, Oh, well, let me tell you a story. Yeah. Let, let about me go into <laughs> Bill Lord and Chris Miller and Ron Howard. And that movie, the even last got Jedi gypped, and... that movie even got gypped by Avengers toy sales. I couldn't even have advertising for the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. Oh man. Cause I, I think I... like, I think it's not even that old yet. I think rogue one is already starting to show its age for me. Yeah, Rogue One is 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 it's no secret uh, to to people who listen to the podcast. Rogue One's like my one of my least favorite Star Wars movies. Um, mm. Although Rise of Skywalker has done a lot to make Rogue One to- more tolerable for me, but Rogue <laughs> One it's got that it's it's the um, it's the Act Three turn where it's like I I know for most people going into Act Three like that's when they get really excited in that that's movie. That's when I like it. Once they get to Scarif, then I'm in. Up I until love then. I love everything that happens on Scarif, but I hate the transition because everything that led up to that point was like this dark, interesting story about Jin Erso, who is like she's not really part of the rebellion, but she is a rebel and. And she was Saw Gerrera and all of that mm-hmm. stuff, tying back into the Clone Wars, tying back into to like the rise of the Empire, all of that stuff. It's like okay, there's some meat on these bones. Let's dig into this. And then she gets to the to that moment where she's addressing the whole thing, and all of a sudden she's Princess Leia. She yeah. starts she starts talking like she's Princess Leia of like rebellions are built on hope, and it's like who the hell are you, lady? You're not the <laughs> character that we've been dealing with for the last hour and a half of this movie. And then the last half hour of the movie is like, well, who cares what what her motivations are? Everything that's happening now is awesome. Yeah, like have and you seen these space battles going on right now? It's, it's awesome. The the space battle over at Scarif, I think, is is quickly cementing itself, especially in the in the wake of Rise of Skywalker, as as I think the best space battle in the films. Um, uh, cause I think in the same way that like we talk about solo learning from all of the other star Wars and really like doing the best star Wars adventure that it possibly can all the good stuff, none of the bad stuff sort of thing. Yeah. Um, the, the battle over Scarif, it, it learns from every other piece of star Wars that came before it. It's got all of the awesome elements from a new hope, from empire, from Jedi, from the prequels, even mm-hmm. from, from the force awakens, like it's, and it's using the most modern technology that they had to accomplish the, the best space battle that I think right. that we've seen. And when I think about like, it's like, it's return of the Jedi. It's, it's the battle of Endor and it's the battle of Scarif. It's those two that it's like, no, you guys, you've got it nailed clean lines, clear objectives, awesome chatter between the pilots yeah um and i mean i think about Mastan the space monkey every day yeah yeah so like that character is only in it for 10 seconds and i love that character to death so i like to say that since we don't get to see his body and his ship after it crashes he's still alive somewhere and we'll (laughs) see him again but he somehow he's his his u-wing goes down in the water right before the the death star (laughs) blows up scarif and it's like so he just he somehow escapes yeah certain death if they can bring palpatine back they can bring back (laughs) bastan the space monkey just for me (laughs) somehow bastan has returned (laughs) absolutely 
Uh, yeah, if anything will get Oscar Isaac to reprise his role as Poe Dameron, that'll be the moment, just to come in and say the, that line. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, 100%. I'll just um, write it myself. That way it'll totally. have to happen. <laughs> totally. Cool, so yeah, talking about uh, space battles, let's segue over to Star Wars Squadrons, uh, okay. which uh, which released at the beginning of the month, and uh, I was very anticipated, heavily anticipated by a lot of folks. Um, and, uh, yeah, how, how have you been finding squadron so far? I, I really liked it. I finished the story. Um, I don't know. I think like last weekend now at this mm. point, I haven't tried the multiplayer yet. Cause everyone said it's super competitive and yeah. I'm not that good at flight sim games. So I don't, I probably will try it at some point, but I haven't decided when, but like, I really enjoyed the story though. I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I liked the characters. Um, I know you said you haven't finished the story yet. So. I haven't finished the story yeah, yet. Yeah, so um, I won't go too too far into yeah. story details, but I did like it. Um, I, I like all the characters that, that they introduce. I, I always tend to go more, like, Republic than Imperial, though. So, because, like, mm. you, you kind of bounce between both worlds in the campaign, but... I always like the the Republic side a little bit more. I don't, I don't know what it is about the Imperials. I just can't get myself to sympathize for them the way that they want me to. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I I I've only played like like the the because it kind of you say it flips back and forth. So I've played the first chunk as as the the Republic, and then mm-hmm. and then you switch over. I think you play like two or three missions as the Imperials, yeah. and then you switch back to the Republic pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And I'm still on that second segment as the Republic, so I haven't okay. played a ton of Imperial stuff yet. But yeah, instantly I'm like, I care much less about these characters than I do about the Republic characters. Yeah. But I think it was such a mistake for them to to make your character in the story not a character, right? Yeah. Like to make it but to make I that think, like I, a blank I think slate. that was like a, a like a side effect basically of making it so VR friendly. Yeah. Because like the whole navigating at the game, like when you're not in the cockpit, is just very VR focused. Totally. Like you can just tell it, it would be the best way to play that game is through a VR headset, yeah. which I don't have. <laughs> I'll uh, neither do I. So I I'll tell you like this is the thing that that has slowed me down on progressing through it is is exactly that elements of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have much preferred. It, it, so here by contrast. Um, cause the gameplay in squadrons, I think is fantastic. I think it's, I agree. It's, it's not exactly what I want. I just want rogue squadron again. I want arcade. I don't want flight sim, Yeah. but, but, but it's still good. It's definitely light years beyond battlefront, which was my fear was it yeah. was going to be like battlefront two's yeah, flight, which is just awful all around. Yeah. Even, even with tuning, I never got battlefront to fly the way that I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Um, and with very minimal tuning, I got squadrons to, to fly the way that I wanted to with the, with the controller. They really nailed the balance of like, it can be, it's flight semi, but it's, approachable enough where you yeah. can make it work if it's not your thing but you can also get super deep if you want i'll tell you like the and... the, the biggest thing that i always that i still want is like i hate this move towards the throttle being on one of the sticks especially mm-hmm. the throttle being on the same stick as uh as either because you can flip it around i have my throttle 
on the same one as roll. Um, okay. And, and it drives me nuts because it means that I'm constantly throttling up and down when I don't want to be right. right. Like that, it, it, it needs to be in a separate spot. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and on a, on a, on a flight stick, you would have your own throttle, right? You, you could have yeah. a separate throttle. That Which would, would be, be another better. probably better way of playing that game than just yeah. a controller. Because you it, could set it and forget it sort of thing. Or like, you know, like when I need to punch it, I can punch it. Otherwise, I'll leave it in the center, which right. is where I usually want it. Um, and occasionally I want to slow down. Um, very rarely do I want to slow down. I m- would have much preferred it being on the bottom triggers, right? On the analog mm-hmm. triggers. Mm-hmm. Like it is in Rogue Squadron 2 and on the GameCube where it's like, if I press it down all the way, I boost. Yeah. Right? Because the GameCube had that awesome analog trigger where you could press yep. down, 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 and then it would click. Yeah. And the click would be like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. And it had a nice <laughs> visceral feeling. And and I feel like like switching all my systems to engines and then punching it is definitely it it does have the right feel but it's not as instant as i want it to be mm-hmm. um which in vr with a flight stick i guarantee would be a different story because yeah. it'd be like f- like flick 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 and then push it forward and now i'm going as fast as i can and f- <laughs> really feeling that speed from inside the cockpit Right. But um, but on a controller, it just doesn't work. And then having it mixed in with either your steering, or or your roll, um, it it just like it that, that doesn't work for me as well as I want it to. But that said, like the I it controls incredibly well, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to Battlefront, which I suffered through the gameplay in Battlefront, both the 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 space stuff and the. Like in all in all the story mode stuff, I just like I gritted my teeth and I just got through it as best as I could. I turned that thing down to easy. Yep, which is what I thought I was going to have to do for this one. Yeah, was just kind of yeah. grin and bear it and power through for the story. But totally. I was I ended up having a lot of fun playing it, so that made it actually worth it. But the story in in Battlefront Two is so good. Like I love that story. I love yeah. Iden Versio. Um, all of those characters are so great mm-hmm. uh, to the point where it's like I want them to show up in other stuff right like like you want you want those characters to have have a life beyond that that video game yeah um, I would have much preferred an experience where I am in a mission I am in a cutscene I am in a mission I am in a cutscene the stop I'm standing in the hangar I have to mouse over this guy and listen to him just talk at me yeah and then and they go, just keep going sometimes they have like four different conversations in a row with you and you're just like okay yeah you could tell that it was like they 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 the this game changed in its production life cycle like it was one thing and then it turned into another thing and i think i very very much think that this was meant to be like a four-hour vr experience with just the story stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, and then somebody saw it and went you need to make this work on all on everything and we need to put multiplayer in it because how can we do this without multiplayer right um and so i think that the the game took on a life of its own after that point Um, i'm glad it did though yeah and like it's it's good Uh, my thing is that like squadrons 2 is gonna be awesome yeah right squadrons is a great game and i think like it's 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 not like a contender for game of the year or anything but it is definitely like a standout star wars game 
And um, I don't think this kind of game would ever be a yeah. game of the year contender, though. Because, like, even even if they leaned super flight sim, you know, like, a, a flight sim game is such a, a niche so genre. Niche, yeah. Like, even yeah. with Star Wars attached to it, you're still not going to get everybody on there playing oh. it. Like... I guess, like, the most approachable Star Wars game would be, like, Lego Star Wars. Like, yeah, you're not yeah, getting, yeah. like, that's going to get a much more broader player base than Squadrons will. Totally. But for $40, this thing is absolutely loaded with content. The yeah. The campaign is a perfect length for it. There's a multiplayer facet to it. The graphics are beautiful. The game controls well. And it's got flight stick options and VR options. Like, it's a... Like, a lot of people were trying to raise a stink when the devs were like, yeah, we don't plan on doing any DLC with this. That You just kind of get what you pay for, and you do. You get yeah. the full 40 out of it by the time this is done. Totally. And I haven't even touched the multiplayer yet, and I think it is. But I have at least glanced at the menus and stuff and, like, see the customization that gets involved. And I've watched some live streams of, like, knickknacks you can put around your cockpit and stuff. And yeah. The, and the the framework is there now where they could really release a squadrons every October at forty dollars a pop and have it be a different era of Star Wars each time or even continue this story forward yeah. and like this could be like their their Madden for Star Wars basically yeah, yeah or which, like a Battlefield or, or Call of Duty yeah, sort of which thing could let those games yeah. breathe more and give them more dev time so they don't have to push those things out yeah because like the same it's such a compact packaged thing that just, I mean, just everything's in there. You don't got to worry about anything else. They can be using yeah. any resource they have now on what's next. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the interesting part of that is that, is that like, that's it. It's so many things are games of service now. Right. Mm -hmm. And it feels like this would work as games of service, but, but it's also kind of like, to your point it's like it's like kind of thank god that it's not <laughs> yeah, thank god that it's just right. kind of like you get what you get yeah um and it's and it is like that self-contained sort of thing but at the same time it is very like well there's no b-wing in it <laughs> yeah <laughs> right? stuff like that um, but i think ea learned deservingly so they got so much flack for the battlefront 2 launch yeah. which they've turned around i do give them credit for sticking to that game and completely reversing course. Yeah. And now Battlefront 2 Online is awesome. But I think EA learned from that. Because that didn't just have totally. some gamers upset. It had everyone upset. Yeah. But I don't it's think they would pull something like that again. It's almost over an overcorrection at this point, right? Because it's yeah. like Jedi Fallen Order is a really great example of... Um, yeah, I I would gladly give you another $30 for for more story for like an expansion yeah like yeah. for 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 a dlc story mm -hmm. pack or something like that i would gladly give you five dollars for a new outfit and some new saber parts yeah right like like because i love that game i have played through it three times and in in the modern era of gaming i don't do that because there there's a new game every three months that right. that has to be played right Right, and but, like it puts like pressure on you too to even play it like that, because totally. like that's what I like with Squadrons. It's like, do I really want to dip my toe into multiplayer because like Cyberpunk's out in like just a few weeks? Yeah. So yeah. it's <laughs> yeah, we got like Miles Morales and and Cyberpunk are right on the horizon. Right. And I I yeah, you got your PS5 pre-ordered or I I went Xbox Series X. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, we this is where is I think this is one of the places where we differ, where where we <laughs> I, I, where we have different opinions. Uh, yeah, because I got that PS5 pre-ordered. I cannot wait for Spider-Man. Um, well, I mean, I can get that on my PS4, so that's fine. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, but I I just got the 4K 65 inch TV. So yeah. in in prep for for the PS5. So I am so excited because I just have a I have a launch PS4. So oh wow, I, you kept that kept that going the whole time, huh? It still runs. It's I got it I, I eventually loud, switched it out for the slim. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I it's I I never swapped out. I had a launch PS3 as well that I didn't swap out until after the PS4 was out. Wow. For a slim, and yeah. then I sold off the the launch PS3 because it was. I had to get the thermal paste on that thing. Oh, okay. I, I replaced. I had to get the power source replaced, but it was like that thing sounded like we talk about the PlayStation Jet engine. That thing sounded like a whole hanger. Uh, by the time that i got rid of it and they got the slim and i'm like oh this would be really great if the top of it was thicker and you couldn't hear the drive going me 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 it sounds like a star wars droid yeah Um, it does it drives me nuts but i but yeah i can't wait for the ps5 and and the the high 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 def it'll be my first (laughs) experience with it and i spider-man was the first game that i platinumed uh, okay. And then, uh, and then, Fallen Order was the second. Um, and then I, what else? To, what, I just platinum something else. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but um, man, something over the summer. What came out over the summer? Man, that's gonna um, bug me. But I only have three platinums, and oh uh, wow, and and uh, even though I have. Uh, hours and hours and hours logged on my right. playstation um but uh yeah i i i'm very excited for for that and to even just see squadrons upgraded uh like not upgraded formally but just like running better because yeah. it because it can chop a little bit um right but i expect but that it's gonna be like that that game has such a good like engine to it like th- this is the dorkiest thing you'll ever hear. I pr- I swear. But like every time the mission would require you to kick it into hyperspace, I would have my Alexa play Danger Zone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's perfect. It just it just fit the vibe so well every time. Uh, oh, Ghost of Tsushima. That's what it was. That was oh, okay. the other thing that I platinumed. Okay. Um, and that was that was like by accident. <laughs> it was. I just stumbled I would, upon it. I for a long time until I platinum Spider-Man, I uh, I actually considered it a point of pride that I don't remember what level I was at before they switched things, but I'm at now at 309 is 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 my trophy level. Um Oh yeah, uh, I forgot they changed that. Yeah, that whole thing. I was I think I was at like a like a 15 or a 16 or something like that. And I was always like I always had like this point of pride that like I have a very very respectable playstation trophy level considering i don't have a single platinum <laughs> right because <laughs> platinums are worth a lot of a lot of uh, uh points or whatever however you look at it um because i just like i've played so much of so many games mm-hmm. uh but never but i've never been like a completionist but then right. spider-man was so good uh, yeah that game was that game was awesome i just like lived inside that game for so long and i kept going back to it and then by the time that the DLC was all out and I had completed all the DLC, it was like, I only have like, like three trophies left to get in the main game. Um, and so I just went in and I actually did them. 
Um, and then, and then with Fallen Order, yeah, I was like two trophies off. So I was like, okay, let's do it. And then with Ghost of Tsushima, I finished the story. Um, but I had done, I did everything. I cleared the whole map first and that before I finished the story, cause I was having so much fun with that game. Yeah. And then I looked and I was like, I'm two trophies away. <laughs> I am. And they're easy trophies. I'm just going to go get them. It was like yeah. kicking a guy and, and doing something else. And I was like, yeah, no, easy, easy, yeah. easy peasy. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're just making platinums easier nowadays, but. Uh, that could be i don't have any platinums but no. i i don't i don't really chase after achievements and stuff like that though I, see and that's the thing is that neither do neither did i but but then there's it's like the other games that i that i've always been close with are like the tomb raider games and uh, i i like assassin's creed games i'll get a lot of trophies but mm-hmm. never all of like nowhere near all of them right yeah because assassin's creed games it's like go find 300 feathers it's like <laughs> i'm not i'm actually not i don't want to do, do any of that <laughs> yeah that's actually, that actually sounds like it's not fun um <laughs> that's an errand that's not an achievement <laughs> yeah. but it, it's funny because it, this stems all the way back to now we're just talking about games in general but right this stems back to uh the x-men origins wolverine tie-in the the one by uh raven yeah that is like x-men origins wolverine is a bad movie i will never get any argument from me on that the video game is so good i've and i've I, heard that it drives me I, I nuts never that, played it, though. That, that they didn't make more of them. Uh, it's so good. Or at least it was at the time. It's it's a brawler. It probably doesn't hold up. But I uh, the reason why I don't why I didn't go after platinums is because I got so close on that game and one of the trophies broke. Oh. And so it was like you have to delete your save and play the game again. Like you have to start from scratch in order right. to do this, and I was like, and that's a game where you're like unlocking costumes and mm-hmm. comic book covers and blah. And I was like, nope, nope, can't do it. it. Yeah, can't do it. And I got rid of the game and uh, and and was like, that's fine. I'll just be a guy who has no platinums. <laughs> uh, I'm just never doing this again. And, uh, and until Spider Man, it's funny that it was a Marvel game that turned me off of it, and then a Marvel game that that, that brought uh, it back that for brought you. Brought it back, but yeah, um, yeah. I I what how, what are your feelings on Fallen Order? I love Fallen Order. Um that was a game as well kind of like Squadrons with Flight Sims. It's like I'm terrible at Soulsborne games. Yeah. Like really bad at them. Yeah. So that these controls for Fallen Order being basically like Dark Souls light is is perfect for me cuz it's like well this game could just be my Dark Souls then. I yeah. I can learn that kind of combat for this game which is Star Wars, which works out way better for me anyway. Because yeah. um, I tried playing, I think it was like Dark Souls 3 I bought when that came out. And like my brother is like pro good at those games. Mm. And he would like come over and even try and like coach me from my couch on what yeah. to do. And I would die and he'd just be like, yeah, I, I got nothing for you. And I'd be <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so, so like I loved the combat of Fallen Order. I thought it was fun. Loved the story. Yeah, and everything about it. Um, I I love Cal as a character, and I can't wait to see what that sequel is going to end up being. But I there were so many like callbacks in that throughout that campaign, even to like the Clone Wars series, like mm-hmm. that whole entire mission when you're in Ilum, like I was like trying not to ugly cry. I was just like so happy and excited and like 
every time he would mention something, he'd be like, I remember that being in the episode when yeah. the younglings go. And then, so, like, I loved everything about, like, that was fan service done right in that campaign. Totally. Um, and it really brought me back. I think that's probably my favorite EA Star Wars game so far is Fallen Order. Um, so that's probably the one I'm most anticipating from them next, like yeah. more than a Battlefront, Battlefront three or uh, Squadrons two is give me totally. whatever the next Star Wars Jedi game is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we've talked about it a lot on the podcast with with different guests. Fallen Order is is it was my favorite piece of Star Wars content from 2019, hands down. Yeah, um, it blew everything else out of the water. Uh, it, it yeah that those characters. I I went into that was another game where I was like or another Star Wars thing where I was like kind of lukewarm on it. I was like whatever. They're rushing this out. I'm kind of pissed that this isn't the Amy Hennig game, right? Cuz mm-hmm. I'm a huge Uncharted fan. That's one of my favorite game series. So I was I was down for that. And then EA canceled it and we never really got the story behind that and right. It was like this is all this is kind of nonsense and and it kind of pissed me off. And then the lead up to it was like, ah, well, I'm going to play it. I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to play it, but I think I can probably wait. And then, and this is fine. It's perfect to have you on. Cause it, Greg Miller got his hands on it and was like, this is awesome. And now I'm a star Wars fan. And I was like, hold up, hold up. Greg, <laughs> I hate space. Miller is like, I'm a Star Wars fan now. And he went like full bore. Yeah. Like to the point of like buying cosplay stuff. And like he went real hard Star Wars in the in the latter half of 2019. <laughs> and then unfortunately, Rise of Skywalker happened. And I think that it <laughs> I think it kind of kind of put the wet blanket back on top of Star Wars for him. And right. He's not he's not really tooting that horn anymore. But but I get it because like I got into that game and it was like within the first 15 minutes of it, that's a lie within the first five minutes of that game, that song, the, 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 uh, song by the who, the, yeah. the, uh, they, they, I, I can't remember what the title of it is. I think though, it's like Sugan Isana yeah. or something like that. It's, yeah. um, it's star Wars. Um, you open with that music and it pulls in and then it's like him listening basically on his Star Wars disc man. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was like, Oh, I'm in. I'm a hundred percent in on this. And then you and then you get to, to Seer and Grease and and eventually Grease says the phrase in the game greasy money baby. And I was like, This might be one of the best Star Wars stories ever told. I don't know what to <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. But like it was just it's got everything because you've got you've got a Jedi, you've got uh, you got a cool alien uh, uh, party member, you've got uh, a, a great new droid, you've got awesome bad guys. Um, the whole thing, just top to bottom, is so good. And then the end of the game, like like from the point that Marin joins you and then you finish off the story, <clears throat> it's just like some of the best star Wars storytelling mm-hmm. and, and I, I, I mean like spoilers if you haven't beaten Jedi fallen order yet, but although they spoiled it with some of the marketing, um, when Vader shows up at the very end, it's just like, come on. It's such a great, so moment. good because we haven't seen hide nor hair of him throughout the entire thing. 
Uh-huh. It's just like the Empire, the Empire, the Empire. I think there's maybe one mention of Vader previous to that. And then he shows up and you're just like, well, I have to run away now. Yep. <laughs> I'm not even going to try and fight him. that's all you can do him. is just run. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. Um, and you just run from him and he's just like destroying this entire building. And to me, it kind of almost explains why there aren't Inquisitors in the original trilogy because of what happens in that game. And then Vader... I mean, Cal does a pretty good number on the Inquisitor headquarters right. as well. Yeah. But Vader basically destroys it trying to kill you and Seer. And I, I, so it's like, well, that's the end of the Inquisitors, I guess. <laughs> um, it's just whichever ones are still left, which we see in, in uh, Star Wars yeah. Rebels. But right. yeah, I, I, my hope, hey, there's one of those trains. I heard it. Yep. Yep. Um, my hope, and I've said this before on the podcast, is that um, is that the sequel we will maybe like start as Cal with all of your powers and everything, and then we'll switch over to Marin, who Ooh. he'll be training. Yeah, and and so you'll go back because you got to in every game you got to figure out like how do we how do we depower so that you can collect these abilities again, right? right? So Marin will start with her own set of nice sister abilities that we didn't have before, but she won't have push, she won't have pull, she won't have the the standard Jedi mm-hmm. tools, and and most importantly, she won't start with a lightsaber, right? Yeah. I I Cal starts with with obviously his his master's lightsaber, even though he he'd already built one before that, but. Um, and, but and then you build it up over the over the course. It would be really cool if that started right from the ground up, mm-hmm. to the point where you have to, you have to, uh, uh, build the lightsaber from the beginning. And if they could almost make it a game mechanic of like, this is how a lightsaber works, and you actually have to collect the pieces, yeah, the functional pieces, not just aesthetics, but but to make that a big part of the story that that Marin is is on this path um on her in like sort of her redemption story not that she really needs to be redeemed but but just sort of like on this path towards more towards the light to becoming a hero and and that that's symbolized by her building her lightsaber oh yeah i think could be really that would be a good way of telling it yeah i always kind of wondered if maybe they'll expand into like more rpg elements in the sequel than what this one has because like they kind of got a basic framework to make like a multi-party planet hopping rpg in a way kind of like akin to how zelda is a lot of people consider zelda to be rpg some people just call consider it to be an action adventure like you could kind of go that same route with this where it's like a little bit larger scale a little bit deeper rpg mechanics being borrowed in that would give some depth that way too those are just like simple yeah. ways that could evolve that gameplay further. I could see some Breath of the Wild stuff really uh, uh, expanding the gameplay of, mm-hmm. of Fallen Order and giving because the exploration is fun, but it is very much like it, it's linear paths uh, with, with its branching linear paths. Right? Yeah, like it's it's got it's it's a little bit of the Metroidvania element of like revisit these places check out it's like every time you land on a planet it's like you're starting at the top of the tree and you're going through all the branches but eventually you're going to get to the the same trunk no matter which way you're going yeah yeah totally but uh yeah having a little bit more of like an open-ended uh i guess open world um 
for exploration could be cool. Uh, but uh, I, you know, th- this is where we get into dangerous territory because now we're starting to build a game that we would love. All right, and then we're gonna be, and then when it's not like that, <laughs> yeah. we'll be disappointed. Yeah. This is the, <laughs> the the bane of all Star Wars fans, right? Is we we talk it to death, build up our expectations, and then they're and the, like, "Here's uh-huh. a thirty te- second TV spot where you get to see." The, the same else. footage Nothing that you've new. seen already. Um, that was my own fault, just because like season <laughs> one of The Mandalorian had two full trailers and like five TV spots, and we had been getting TV spots after the full trailer for this season. So I was like, this has to be the second full trailer if they're following that same map. Yeah. And then when it came and like I had the the game on my TV and I was doing something else because like I had stuff going on that night and then. Then when it happened and I watched it and I was like, I've I've seen all that footage. I was yeah. like, all that was was another TV spot. And I was like, we're not getting a full trailer. No, I I can't believe people were convinced that they were going to show either Boba Fett or Ahsoka. Like yeah. we're we're talking about the television series that hid Baby Yoda yeah. from everybody. They're not gonna. They're not gonna blow that in a marketing piece. Oh man, somebody got flung so far out of the trust tree when that Ahsoka stuff dropped. If it ends up being true, I still, I'm still, I'm still on the fence of it not yeah. being true. Because to be honest, I think, I think that whatever they do have cooking in this, um, if there is like a, another big Baby mm-hmm. Yoda sized reveal, in order to keep it under wraps, that they they planted. gotta throw it. But that's but you could also make that argument. That's what the Tamora Morrison news is. Totally. Like, like I don't think if Ahsoka's in it, I think he's Rex, not Boba Fett. I think Boba I Fett's armor will appear with Cobb Vanth, like it yep. should. Yep. But I don't think Tamora's going to be Boba. Yeah. Yeah. I which, yeah. I I think that we have a bunch. Which of is cool because like because yeah. like the Boba Fett armor doesn't need to be on him yeah. to be there like cop vanth is fine if he's in boba's ar- armor then that's he's just there then that's cool yeah. it's cop vanth then no and i absolutely would die if we got a post return of the jedi captain rex if we got yeah. Tamara morrison looking like rex from star wars rebels with even a few more years put on him um and uh, and maybe a little bit of an explanation for how he's still alive because he's supposed to be aging at double the rate. Right. But, uh, they need to just retcon that and go like, well, until they hit a certain age, it's like yeah. it's it's accelerated growth until they hit like twenty, and then it and then it like ramps down and and eventually yeah. like matches. I mean, I gotta give Tamar Morrison and Rosario Dawson credit because they apparently just must not be leaving where they live ever. Yeah. Because like. People don't eat, like if people get pictures of like Ewan McGregor and you can see his beards growing out, yeah. then you you know that he's getting ready to film. But like if like you find Tamar Morris somewhere and he's got this big white beard, yeah, it's it like, well, like yeah, well I know what you were, I know what you were just doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's no denying that one. Yeah, um, yeah, I it, we'll see. And 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 the best thing is is like I just I love surprises. I, that's one of the reasons why I think Baby Yoda is just such a such a great thing for Star Wars because like none of us, not no a single person, yeah. went into the Mandalorian going like you know what we're gonna get we're gonna get a little Baby Yoda in this It's like nobody saw I, that. Coming. I remember it was like a month or two before the first season dropped. John Favreau said the first episode contains something 
that's going to shatter the Star Wars universe forever. Yeah. And in my head, I was like, I can't even wrap my head around what that could possibly be. That could be this earth shattering. I was like, totally. is Palpatine in this? And I was yeah. like, I have no idea what it would be. And then, and then we get baby Yoda and I was just, wow. Totally. I was floored. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean like and the, the, the bigger part of it is that like Dave Filoni, 100% has my trust. He has earned that mm-hmm. with Clone Wars, Rebels, and uh, and and season one of Mandalorian. It's like uh, he's responsible. Uh, Star Wars Rebels is my favorite Star Wars. I love Star all, Wars Rebels. Right? Yeah. So it's like, and that that is him. Like that's him on the screen. That's the story that he wanted to tell after mm-hmm. he was basically. It's it's like uh, Clone Wars was his Padawan period with star wars under george lucas learning how to be a jedi and mm-hmm. then star wars rebels is you've been knighted here's your first mission and then mandalorian is when he becomes a master and now john favreau is his padawan learning <laughs> how to do it. it's like it's it's it follows that so perfectly so it's like rebels to me is just like it's so much dave filoni uh, just right there on the screen. It's the type of characters that he wants to tell a story about, the type of story he wants to tell. Yeah. Um, and it, it, to, it just like, it, it so perfectly matches the kind of Star Wars that I love, where it's fun, it's for kids, it's a little bit weird at times. Like, the Bendu is about as weird as Star Wars gets, right? Yeah, um, and it worked. <laughs> yeah, and but but it all respects Star Wars, and it all. I just I just think it was funny though is. Like, I've been a Filoni fan uh, probably as long as you have. Like, basically since the beginning of his career. Totally. Like, even back to The Last Airbender. Yeah. And, um... Even like when we Disney... didn't even know we were Filoni fans. We were just like, Avatar's really good. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then, um... But, like, in that Disney Gallery series, it yeah. was just so obvious that they were... They're pushing him as being, like, he's gonna be the guy. We're, we're getting him there. Yeah. Because and he's even the first one to say is like he didn't jump into live action right away because he didn't think he was ready to do it and yeah. he wants to do it right and slow and learn, and as much as I love him, his episodes weren't the best directed of that season, so he does have room to go. Oh, for sure, for sure. And like, there's always the debate of like, well, is Lucasfilm ever going to do Star Wars episodes ten, eleven, twelve? Yeah, I think they will, but they're going to wait until Dave's ready and it'll be his trilogy. Because that's just, that just feels right. As to, because he'll think of a way to make it work without ruining anything before it. Oh, he'll it, he'll probably fix it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he'll if probably... anything, he'll enhance all of them somehow. He'll even yeah. make episode two look like a masterpiece. He'll find a way to do it. But I, I think if they do a 10, 11, 12, which I, I believe they will probably in like a decade, I, I think yeah. it'll be Filoni's ship at that point. And yeah, I could see that. Everyone will love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, the, 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 the thought that they will not be tempted to go back to the well with those characters on screen is uh is i think foolhardy <laughs> it's uh, i mean i don't think they can go really back go back to, to any of the legacy characters anyway just because like carrie fisher unfortunately passed which yep. we are recording on her birthday and like harrison ford is old as dirt i, I don't <laughs> he's done he's and he done. won't he won't stop flying planes so he's just asking <laughs> for it uh, but 
I mean, yeah. I don't think we'll ever see Indy Five because he's just getting so old. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think we would have, and then and then COVID happened and and yeah, uh, pushed yeah, that probably out. had a lot to do. With and it too, so but... I think that that'll that's that's gonna mess things up, and we're probably never gonna get that. But I'm fine with that. I'm 100 percent okay right. With that. Same. Um, yeah, no, and I'm good with with him where he ends it, uh, like where like like with his character's final appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in the saga, we don't. I I don't need Han again. Well, that's not true. I want I young Han. I I need more Alden Ehrenreich. Right. Immediately. Yeah. Directly to my vein. Make but, Solo two happen. Yeah, a hundred percent. I but uh, but in terms of like Harrison, I I I look if 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 he were to do a voice in the Lego Star Wars holiday special, I'd be like, that's cool. It would make me happy for sure. Um, or like really any kind of cameo or whatever, but does that mm-hmm. character need to be back on screen? No, I think like his right. story is told. I, their story is told in the same way that I don't need Obi-Wan to show up in the saga trilogy and the, sorry, in the sequel trilogy. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like it would it have been cool if Ewan had like done something. It's like, yeah, that would have been cool. Um, and obviously we get the little bits with the, with his voice and whatnot, but, um, but like that, that character's story is done, right? Like it, it comes right. to a close, especially right. once Luke becomes a Jedi. It's like, okay, when we see the three of them, uh, Obi-Wan, Yoda and Anakin on Endor as ghosts, it's like, oh, cool. Like that's, this is their happy ending is that everything that they suffered for and sacrificed for it it worked mm-hmm. out and then it turns out that none of it worked out but that's all right it's right. a different story um yeah it's like it's like they like that's that set of character stories is done now this sets will be done if we come back and we tell another story in the main skywalker saga it's got to be it has to be ray i i finn and poe as mentors as leaders mm-hmm. as like in in that that uh, elder role and then a new group uh, again right it's it has to be that's the way that it right that, that the story right. perpetuates so um and obviously ben solo has to come back somehow uh but uh, uh that's a whole other thing how do you <laughs> how do you feel about that how do you feel about about ben solo this is this will be our last topic and then okay and then we'll wrap it up uh, about ben solo just overall about, I, about, I love the ben solo part to be yeah. honest, I really do. I love everything about that whole ending sequence yeah. of him landing, diving down. Ow. I think it is one line. I think, yeah, I think it's super dumb that Adam Driver, one of the best actors of this generation, the yeah. last line they gave him was ow. Yeah. Um, I thought the kiss was a little weird. It, I don't really think, I mean, it kind of worked. Uh, that sounded a bit great, but I love that whole Ben Solo thing. I was on yeah. board the whole time. I wish we got more of him. Yeah, but I'm okay with how it ended. Yeah, you. So, so when he dies, that's that's you're you're good. Like you're like okay, cool. Yeah, I I don't really think I need him to come back. I think they can do young Ben Solo stuff. Yeah, without Adam Driver, like they could do it animated or anything, and and that would scratch that itch just fine because there's a whole period of time before he starts getting tempted by the dark side that you could you could make a TV show out of or a book totally. or something. Yeah, I would love to see that, um, but I I am firmly in the camp of of bringing Ben Solo 
yeah. back from the dead. I mean, I would if they find a good reason for it. I guess I wouldn't hate it. That's what I, to but. me the biggest thing is that like you go through this whole movie, the the final movie, establishing this this concept of the dyad, mm-hmm. and then and then you immediately extinguish that at the end of the story, <laughs> and you leave Ray completely Alone. on her own. Yeah, and it's like that's like that was there's a there's an ideology in in the in star wars writers that the force is is a burden right Mm -hmm. that like it's like almost like a curse right and and that eventually like you'll pay the price for having all of that power and and so you can't have a happy ending Mm -hmm. and it's like that to me is so antithetical to to george's storytelling especially when you think about the the cambellian myth components of it it's like no like right we it's a fairy tale. It should have a happy ending, and I don't consider the end of Rise of Skywalker to be a happy ending. Like the when the three of them embrace each other, it's like here's three children of extreme trauma who've <laughs> lost everybody. They've lost every mentor <laughs> they've ever known. Yeah. Um. And they are they all they have left is each other. Mm-hmm. Um. And so that embrace at the end of the movie is not. It's not the. Um. All similarly, like traumatized children at the end of Return of the Jedi, who who all like stand there and go like, "We did it! We've beat the Empire." But there's like a there's a hopefulness at the end of Return of the Jedi when you get that that last tableau of everybody mm-hmm. standing there for the family picture. That right. like you just don't get that. It's not in Rise of Skywalker where it's like it's like well. So now what are they going to do? Right. Yeah. It's, it's so it's supposed to be a period on the sentence. And to me, it's not because it's like a comma. <laughs> it's, a, it's very much a comma. Uh, it's not even an ellipsis, like a dot, dot, dot. It's just yeah. like a comma of like they just stop talking in the middle of a sentence. Right. Um, Which is really weird, too, because like the dyad theme, that's another Joseph Campbell thing. Like they tried it's, bringing that okay. back, and it's not though. He mentions the dyad once in any of his stuff, and like <laughs> very quickly moves on. Like it's like it's Terrio says that it's a Campbell thing. It's not a Campbell thing. Like Terrio is also like the only person in Hollywood that seems to keep failing upward. Oh my like, god! He came oh out. And Don't let Greg to, hear this, but yeah, Batman he came out to Superman. clean. But see, the thing is, though, is like he Martha. came, he was brought in to clean up BVS. Yeah. So I don't know how much of that was him. But then yeah. Justice League came out, which yeah. was him. And then Joss Whedon came in and butchered that. So we don't know how much of that is him. Yeah. And then The Rise of Skywalker came out, and that's what we got. Yeah. And that's him. But then WB is paying over $100 million again for him to do justice league yeah <laughs> so like i don't understand why how he got locked into like this blockbuster yeah. zone of at poorly the, I, received I'm spoil, blockbusters i'm gonna spoil <laughs> justice league for everybody at the end of the four hour movie miniseries <laughs> event that is justice league i wonder woman is going to reveal to the rest of the justice league that in fact the whole time her name has been martha skywalker <laughs> and uh, and that's how it ends. And she's just standing in the desert, looking at some ghosts. Uh, yeah, and uh, and that's how and that's how Justice League ends. Um, yeah, man. Ugh. But it, like the 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 comma, like the 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 idea of Rise of Skywalker ending on a comma. I can't exemplify that any better than 
when I, I, Jana sits down next to Lando and, and she's like, where are you from? And he's like, the gold system, where are you from? And she's like, I don't know. And then he goes, well, let's find out. And yeah. then like we, and like, that's the last thing that's said. Right. In Star Wars. And it's funny well, I, too. No, it's not. I guess it's the race. I'm Ray Skywalker or whatever. But like, that's the last thing that's said by, by someone other than Ray. Yeah. Right? Um, like, like that's like, that's kind of the end of the movie. And like that, we just move on to the, this postscript at the end of the movie where Ray is and, like, and it's funny is like that moment with Lando and Jana is so like, just out of place in a way. Cause like when I left the theater, I thought it was kind of hinting that she might be Lando's daughter. Yeah. But then when one of my friends saw it at a different time and messaged me when his mo- movie got out, yeah. he said, so Lando was hitting on that girl, right? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, so those are two different reactions we're getting from that. Many- so like, that's just how out of place that moment is. <laughs> Many of the truths we cling to depend on our own point of view. Right? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's weird. It's, it's so funny how it's like... Um, uh, when they when they posted that thing, oh, what was it about? Like, I uh, oh, there somebody posted on like or not somebody like the the Star Wars account posted like, oh, the 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 Sith fleet were crewed by. Uh, did you know that the Sith fleet was crewed by these Sith uh, worshippers that were trained from birth? to be to be like the the perfect sith soldier empire soldiers or whatever and uh, i i think it's elijah wood like retweeted it like like no how would we <laughs> like because it's not in the movie <laughs> right it's, there's, there's no explanation for why for how all of these ships have people piloting them yeah like all these star destroyers that take two thousand crew members a piece yeah um, there's just no co- question or conversation about it whatsoever so like when you say like did you know it's like no it's impossible to have known that unless you've read the the visual dictionary mm-hmm. uh, which i always have uh, handy it's it's always within arm's reach right now so that i can be like did you know right as of skywalker this was apparently part of the story like i feel bad for like pablo hidalgo and them because like they oh, have man. to fill in those yeah. gaps yeah. that that didn't need to be there, but yeah. Well, and like apparently, the whole thing with Jana and Lando is a holdover from a previous version of the script, where we learn that Lando had a a child. Yeah, but that that kid was kidnapped by the First Order. Mm. Yeah, and that would like, make well, sense then. If that was the case, then why would he be like, "No, nah, I don't want to be a part of your rebellion." He would be like, he'd be, he would have been in the last two movies if that were the case. Like the second that Ray is like, you know, Leia could use a good pilot. He would be like, I'm on my way. Mm -hmm. Like, but I, I, the one mistake in the last Jedi, uh, it, to me, the one mistake, uh, everything else I think is fine to uh, exceptional. Um, the one thing that I think was a real misstep is when Poe is like, I know who to call. And he calls Maz Kanata. It's like, uh, why Why are we why now establishing that, that yeah. Poe knows Maz Kanata? It would have made way more sense for Poe to be like, I know who we can call that can find us a code breaker. Lando Calrissian, right? Like, right. if anybody knows where, like, where we could find a good hacker, it would be 
the scoundrel himself, Lando, yeah, right? Right. And then it would have been a perfect cameo for Lando, and it would have been a perfect way to like clue him in to bring him into the third movie, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, because he would have been like, "Oh, I know exactly the guy. You go talk to this guy, right?" And, yeah. and it would have set them off on their adventure, and we would have been like, "Oh, sweet, Poe knows Lando. There's a backstory there." Right. But instead, we're just like Maz, can yeah. I the character from the last <laughs> movie that was. Okay, like, I, yeah, it, yeah, it still makes sense. It still works, but it also bothers me. She's in the same outfit that she was in in the last movie. Somehow, within the span of hours, she's dealing with a labor dispute with a union or something like that. And it's yeah. like, the, but The Force Awakens just ended. <laughs> right. Um, so it's a, that, that has never worked for me, but uh, uh, she continues to wear the same outfit in Rise of Skywalker. And it's super jarring to see her in Rise of Skywalker because for that film, they went full animatronic for some yeah. reason. Yeah. So, like, you, you see her and you're like, okay, well, now she's a puppet. Yeah. And it's like, in the first film, she was... Okay, so you couldn't get Lupita Nyong'o back, so you just let her do her voice, but... Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Anyways, I... Well, I think we did it. I think we've talked for 99 minutes. I know. I... Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Will, for being on the podcast. Uh, no, thank you. Good conversation. I would say that it went well. Would you say that it went well? I did. I had a great time. Okay, good. So we will do this again in the future. We'll Absolutely. get you on for one of these upcoming episodes of The Mandalorian. Um, and you'll have to pull double duty at some point. And, and Oh, I, I think I can make it work. Oh, man. it's <laughs> We're asking. It's a big ask. Talk about Mandalorian <laughs> twice in one week. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you'll be fine. Uh, well, awesome. Uh, give, give us a, a one more plug for your podcast so that everybody knows where to go grab it. It is the Cantina Conversations. Uh, we're available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And we're also on Twitter at Cantina Convo. So you can uh, follow us on there. Awesome. And where can people follow you specifically? You can follow me specifically on Twitter at Papa Star Wars. And then uh, I also stream on Twitch at Papa underscore Star Wars. Awesome. Uh, you guys know that you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. I'll also give a plug for my uh, for my art Instagram, which is at ArkAngelWolf, A-R-K-A-N-G-E-L-W-U-L-F, which is just ArkWolf is just the shortened version of ArkAngelWolf. Um, and uh, I, I'll just plug that specifically because I'm still in the middle of my Draw Star Wars 31 challenge where I'm drawing a Star Wars drawing a, a pen and ink uh, 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 pen and ink I always say that uh, and uh, ink and marker usually uh, Star Wars drawing every day um, and uh, I, they're actually they're all for sale they're they're uh, so hit me up on on either Twitter or Instagram if uh, if you see one that you like and you would like to purchase it or you know someone who would like it because I think that they would make great uh, uh, Christmas gifts for Star Wars fans so um yeah i i go check those things out and uh we will hopefully be back next week with a special episode in our lead up to the mandalorian uh but i'm still trying to firm up plans for that if not we will be back then the following week guaranteed uh and matt the crankster cranky will be making his triumphant return to faster more intense to talk about the first episode of the mandalorian so stay tuned for that Uh, Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Star Wars FMI.
If you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch, or by heading to patreon.com thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support. Your pledge gets you early access, exclusive podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. Faster More Intense is part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com for more great podcasts.